This is episode 52 of Live from the Basement. woman named Cindy Campbell. Cindy lived at 1520 Sedgwick Avenue in the Bronx. She had a birthday coming up and said to her little brother, why don't you play music at my birthday party, August 11th, 1973. Cindy's little brother, a guy named Cool DJ Kurt stopped doing graffiti. He was a graffiti writer first. Then he went into b-boy. Then his sister asked him, can you play some music at my party? He said, all right. They went down to the community center and Cool Hurt began playing James Brown. He would only play the break. But more records has got the same break up in it. I wonder if I put you back to myself. I said, hmm, if they're waiting for this particular break and I have a couple more records, it's got the same breakup in it. I wonder how would it would be if I put them all together. And I told them, I said, I'm going to try something new tonight. I'm going to call it a miracle. So he would get on, play a, a one, two, three, four, hit it. Boom, boom, pop, boom, boom. This is James Brown. Jamming with the jammers, rocking with the rock is cool. Her, 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 her. Ain't a <laughs> Ain't a the break would get to a point a where the break would end. Cool Herc would lift the needle up, drop it back on the beginning. A one, two, three, four, hit it. Boom, boom, ba, boom, 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 boom. A one, two, three, four, hit it. Boom, boom, ba, boom, boom, rocking with the rockers. Boom. A one, two, three, four, hit it. This went on five. Hours, hours, and hours, and hours. <laughs> Ain't a punk. 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 Yeah, man. Another one of our series, man. Yeah. None other than Grandmaster Cass. From the Cold Crush Brothers. From the Cold Crush Brothers, taking it way, way, way back, man. And yeah. he's got some interesting insights with all of that history in the game. Yeah, we're going to talk about Macklemore's love for old school artists. And there's another interesting piece, man, with the history of ghostwriting. Major said, damn, Kaz may be the first ghostwriter. Yeah. yeah. How is he not laying claim to that? Yeah, and Big Bang Hank was, you know... The Drake of the day, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah from Sugar the, Hill Game, the big yeah. name guy that couldn't rap a lick, yep, and had some shit written for him. Yeah, so make sure you check it out if you haven't done it already. Do your Googles, look up Cold Crush Brothers, DJ Cool Herc, look up Sugar Hill Gang, and understand where this dude is coming from. Check out the Rebel Kings too, man. We, yeah, that's you know that's another piece that we we touch on, man. Wild Styles, another one to check out. That's where we pulled some music from for the interview. Some great audio. It's uh, it's outstanding, man. Shit, it's a good interview, dude. We had fun. Definitely did, man. So check it out. This is episode fifty-two of Live from the Basement. Hope y'all enjoy. What's your earliest memory of 
of hip hop and like what drove you to become a part of it? Um, it, my earliest memory is you know like the older kids from the block going down the hill to see Cool Herc, and I was too young to go. And I'm just trying to recreate in my mind what they was doing and what they was going to and what they was saying, and I just try to do that shit at my house. You said you was too young to go. I was like 12, 13. Did you ever get to go to a Herc party? Was he still oh, doing yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, I got to go a little later on. I mean, I live right up the block. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then when he started doing block parties, like outdoor jams, then, yeah, okay, I was good to go. So they were all like indoor things, 1520 Cedric Ave. Now, I heard that the landlord said that they needed to start taking their parties elsewhere. So, like, the parties would be outside at that point. Then big old speakers would come outside. Well, what happened is the first documented party took place in the community room right. in 1520 Cedric Avenue, mm-hmm. which is a room that's just everybody who lives in the building has access to it. You know, be it a, a block party, I mean, I mean, a, a, a tenant meeting or a bake sale, whatever they have in buildings, you know, that's the room that they do it in. So, you know, Cindy rented the room and, and they just gave a party. I mean, it didn't have beginning of hip hop aspirations, but it was uh, the first documented hip hop party. Man, now, how bad do you remember it being? Because I know, like, around the time Herc was getting started, I heard the Bronx was fucking crazy. Like, I mean, I heard things was going down. You wouldn't believe. Like, right out in the street, I watched a documentary this week about Rubble Kings, and they was talking about how bad the Bronx were. The city was on the edge of bankruptcy. The Bronx was like a world of its own. In the early 70s, man, crime was like the major income of the Bronx. There were gangs literally in every corner. The violence was everywhere. You could feel the tension in the air. You could see the fights across the street. You could hear the shots. Now, what do you remember from being a young dude during that time period? Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't just the Bronx. The Bronx pretty much caught the brunt of it, but the entire city was bankrupt. Most of all, our municipalities was corrupted from the courts to the police. The welfare system was totally frauded. And a lot of the school programs that we had as kids, you know, we didn't have those. They were, they were born, they were taken out of schools, especially the music programs. So we, we were left to our own devices as far as that's concerned. And, you know, black people always been musical. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. From singing spirituals to playing instruments. And once the, you know, our music was taken away, to quote um, Lord Jamar, we took the only thing in the house that made music and made it an instrument. And that was our turntable. It's always been a part of what's been happening. It's, there's not much. You got to understand, this comes from a culture where you don't have much to begin with. So how well you use words and put them together, that defines how well you can stand up and walk down the street. Out, man, so talk to me about the vibe, man, of being at a Herc outdoor event, man. What was it like? Because you know, nowadays, man, there's a lot of places where if you're gonna do a big outdoor event, stuff's gonna pop off, yeah. you're gonna have problems, you know, somebody gonna well, get nah, nah, you gotta understand, we were just coming out of that gang era, okay, in New York, and and hip hop was like the alternative to that. Some of the gangs had kind of conformed and become hip hop crews. You know what I mean? Being at the parks and being in jams were were a little safer than maybe in those warrior days when like everybody everybody was in a gang. You know, we were coming to the end of that and, and I think hip hop kinda really calmed things down even more. Here's where the whole thing started to change. 
Little by little, that's when the music started to come into the deal. All hip hop came from gang culture. Herc started something his enemies didn't want to stop. It came in the form of music. It was more like challenging to dance now and not to fight. You know, we made a way to have fun and we made a way to feel like we counted and we made a way to show the world that we actually existed. You know, when you came out to a jam, you were so interested in what was going on and having a good time and meeting people. It was more about community than anything. Did you know what was going on? Did you guys know that you were part of something that was going to be huge? In the beginning, it just felt like something really cool. And I always thought in the back of my mind, damn, if other people got exposed to this, they would love it too. You know what I mean? Because there was a time when people looked at us like we was crazy for doing this. Like, why, why y'all spitting on the floor? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that looks stupid to people. Even girls was like, hell, y'all, you know what I mean? I don't know, man. When in the '80s, I remember the big thing, man, in the '80s for yeah. us was to get a box Piece and lay that bitch on the ground. Everybody wanted to do well, it man, when I was a kid. Once hip hop hit the big screen, and, and especially the, the, the break dancing or the breaking, you know what I mean, element in hip hop hit the screen through the movie Flashdance. Yeah. The whole country started break dancing again. You know yeah. what I mean. Whereas the older guys like me and cats who did it, you know, after me, pretty much stopped stopping doing it. You went to the big screen with it right yeah yeah the movie wild style yeah. uh, which was the first actual movie oh, done about hip-hop The garbage over the trains, under the ruins, through the remains, around the crime and pollution. And tell me where I fit in. South Bronx, New York, that's where I dwell. To a lot of people, it's a living hell, full of frustration and poverty. But wait, that's not how it looks to me. It's a challenge, an opportunity to rise above the stinking debris. You gotta start with nothing, and then you build. Follow your dream until it's fulfilled. My art is my sword, a place in society is my reward Because a mind is a terrible thing to waste Success is something we all want to taste Everyone has talent on this earth And you can take it or leave it for what it's worth No matter how hard things may seem You've got the potential, fulfill your dream Cause we're the future and it's up to us To make our home rate an A+. Let your mind be pure and free to create Use the beat in your heart and aim to be great prior documentation on film was um, Style Wars, which was a documentary about graffiti and hip-hop. 
When you were coming up, I heard you say something along the lines of hip hop was more of a derogatory term, maybe even rapper. Oh, yeah. Well, well, first of all, rapper is a media term. We never referred to ourselves as rappers until right. the media started, coined that phrase and started calling us rappers. I guess they didn't give people enough credit to be able to decipher what MC stood for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But um, <laughs> rapper wasn't really as derogatory as hip-hop, the word hip-hop itself. Uh, that's that childish kitty thing that you kids are doing out there in the street. You know what I mean? Even ask some of the early disco DJs or the DJs prior to hip-hop. Go in one of their parties and try to break dance or something and see how they, they react to it. So hip-hop was like, yo, take that out in the street. Take that little hippity-hop stuff out in the street. And that's where that term came from, literally. That's crazy. I know that I heard you saying that, that Coke LaRock is probably the first MC of all time, uh, maybe even Cool Herc. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you're the first MC. Are you are you going to dispute that? <laughs> well, well, well. Here's the thing, and, and and if you if you get technical, which sometimes we have to do in hip hop when you're breaking it down. Well, I, I was a b boy at first, but I, I was a DJ, and every DJ had a mic. As far as doing bars and verses and writing rhymes and stuff like that. I think I might have been the first DJ to do that. <laughs> the, the microphone went hand in hand with the turntables for me. So I, I don't want to credit myself as the first MC or nothing like that, but I am among the first and the best. Speaking of you as, as an MC yep. or as a DJ slash MC, so you were writing a song in the art of rap through the whole movie. The one, the one he was crafting? I wrote a verse. I just wrote a verse real quick. Said I've been down with this since the start of rap. I guess you could say I played a big part of rap. Not only been the brain, but the heart of rap. And it beats just like a drum, and that's the art of rap. I've been known to flip flows like bricks and pancakes. And yeah, I've seen my share of tricks and handshakes by tricks and bandmates with a different agenda. Female and male snakes and some great pretenders. But trust me on this, for as long as I'm breathing, I'm a checker rap rapper and call out a heathen. I'm gonna lead by example with this hot shit I'm spitting. And y'all just saw me write it, so you damn right it's written. That's part of the art of rap in 20 minutes flat. Write a rhyme in real time. Now I was fucking with that, so you can fall back from that old cat. Don't get it twisted. The MC train just left the station and I was driving. You missed it. Oh, yeah. How competitive was it back then? Because I think that's a misconception is, you know, like it was all love and all peaceful. And I know it was a much more positive time. But you, you mentioned the competition, man. How fierce did that get back then? And who did you guys compete with? Hip hop was very competitive because it was new mm-hmm. and, and it was a skill. You test your skill against other people who do what you do. From the DJ aspect, it was competitive. From the mic aspect, the MC app, we're all clamoring for attention. We're all trying to get people's attention, you know what I mean, and be recognized and you know and, and acknowledged. So, I mean, it wasn't no fights. We wasn't shooting each other. We wasn't, you know, doing stuff like that. But this is my crew and you and another crew. Push coming shove, I'm with my crew. As far as the competitive side of MC, and it was healthy for hip-hop because it made people who kept their game up. True. I mean, you can't say you was an MC and not be an MC. You can't, you know, don't come around here with that. Like you know, but hold up, let's find out now. Is it them? No! Is it them? No! Who, who is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Who is it? Is it? And it's us. You know it's us, the cold crush. You know it's us, the 
cats man i mean now you know it used to be about stepping your game up someone get bombed on you come back you know you're gonna write harder you're gonna write better and you go back at them i think now it's gotten exactly. to other stuff and now cats want to play whether it's play guns or i'm gonna right. see you i'm gonna fuck you up you know what i'm saying it's, it's, it's changed man when people can't play the game they change the game People who run or are in charge of uh, what we hear, I'm talking about from record labels to radio stations, look, everybody ain't that good, okay? So let's just create a whole lane for people who ain't that good, but make it as acceptable as it is for people who are good at it. No other music compromises that way the way hip-hop does. That's so true, man. Do you look out for anybody now? No, not really. You know, basically my contemporaries... I just like cats who can spit. I like lyricists. Yeah. I like cats who can rhyme. All that sing-songy R&B stuff is cool when you're in a club dancing, but 
I mean, in hip hop, the MC. I listen for other MCs. So, Kat, when did you stop checking for people? When did it become to the point where it's like, man, I'm not. Probably like after the gangster era, when everything was cocaine and everything, I, I stopped listening. So that entire verse on Sugar Hill Gang's uh, Rapper's Delight, that's you, right? Yeah, yeah, all three of them. I read that it was just Big Bang Hank that you had the issue with that verse. Though you saying all three of them. Man, Hank, come on, Hank, sing that song. Check it out. When I'm pimp, the dimp, the ladies pimp, the women fight for my delight. But I'm the grand master with the three MCs that shop the house for the young ladies. And when you come inside into the front, you do the freak bank or do the bump. And when the sucker MCs try to prove a point with Trent's trio, I win the serious joiner from sun to sun and from day to day. I sit down and write a brand new rhyme because they say that miracles never cease. I've created a devastating. Masterpiece, I'm gonna rock the mic so you can't resist everybody. I say it goes like this when I was coming home late one dark afternoon. Reporter stopped me for an interview. She said she's heard stories and she's heard fables that are vicious on the mic. And the turntable, this young reporter I did adore. So I rocked the vicious rhyme like I never did before. She said, Damn, fly guy, I'm in love with you. And Casanova legend must have been true. I said, By the way, baby, what's your name? Said I go by the name Lois Lane. And you can be my boyfriend, you surely can. Just let me quit my boyfriend. Call Superman. I said he's a fairy. I do suppose flying through the air in pantyhose. He may be very sexy or even cute, but he looks like a superhero. All, all three of his, oh, all of his, all of them. Because I, I don't think a lot of people know that. This, yo, you know what? I've been, I've been telling this story my whole life, and every time you know, it's like, well, I don't even think a lot of people know it. You know how many goddamn times I've been told this story? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man, but hey, we got a lot of youngins that listen to this show. It's all education. Here's the thing, too. It's education for for the lane that you'd probably be most interested in if you were checking for anybody. We're all... <laughs> when you started talking about people being lyricists and stuff, everybody in this room just smiled because that's what this show's all about. We don't cater to the bullshit. So the people that you're going to okay, be speaking well, I'm, to... I'm talking, about, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about Joel Ortiz. Thank you. You know, dude like that. You that's know what we, I mean? We love Slaughterhouse. Bring it. I'm, I mean, them cats who just... Is, uh, yeah, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. one technique who, who I mean, he's so deep and knowledgeable in the way he spit is so crazy. You know what I mean? Jada Kiss, you know what I mean? Is is always gonna be one of my favorites. You know, dudes like that, man, don't bring it, man. Who, you know, you 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 listen to him, and you be like, damn, did you hear what he said? Did you hear that? Right, mm-hmm. right. And, and of course, M. You know what I mean? I think M is a genius as far as you know coming up with ideas, concepts, flows, and, and being able to rap. He's one of the best who ever did this shit. Definitely. Not not to be racist or anything, but what about Macklemore? Because we're going to ask you about downtown. <laughs> to me, I, I really, just because of our interaction with Macklemore on a personal level, getting on a new song and album and doing a video, I started researching him. Mm-hmm. Because prior to that, I, I heard of the hits. I heard, I, you know, you know, you know, and the Grammy thing. Sure. I ain't even gonna call him a rapper no more because the dude is an MC. He's been doing this way longer than people realize mm-hmm. he has. He, he got a body of work out here that's comparable to any cat who think they are MC out here today. Once I, I saw that and I started researching him and looking at his videos and watching, like, yo, this dude is no joke. And he's totally dedicated to this fucking music, man. Without trying to act like he owns it, 
realizing, look, I'm just a guest here. I appreciate, you know, being able to do this. That's interesting, too, because that's one of the main reasons that we put together this show, to be honest. Full disclosure, we were talking about Big Daddy Kane's comments, and Big Daddy Kane said, nah, man, he's the only one that's doing it. Right. Someone as young as Macklemore, I would assume his old school is Biggie and Pac, where he may have heard of a Big Daddy Kane or a Rakim before, but not familiar with the music. His old school, I would think, would be Biggie and Pac. But this dude went past my my era to the beginning. So, I mean, I thought that that was a beautiful move for hip-hop to reintroduce the forefathers of the game to this younger generation because that's who he appealed to. Absolutely. He don't appeal to my era. He don't appeal to the Biggie and Nas era. He appealed to this young generation of today. So to introduce a Melly Mel, Grandmaster Kaz, and Kumo D to this era, that's a powerful thing in hip-hop to me. So regardless of why he's doing it, he's doing it. So speak on that. First of all, first of all, Big Daddy Kane is is my 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 little brother, my son in this. You know, I'm like his biggest influence as far as I'm seeing in this game. I mean, he showed me that kind of love on a regular. So he was really instrumental in helping this project come together. Not for just us, you know, but for me. And to see people trying to knock it and not address. What's really special about this, like, yo, the three greatest cats to ever touch a mic is on a record together. The bullshit, get off my mother, stonewash, so warm up, head like a bullet, you can't catch me, I'm a popo, can't recommend me, I'm in a B-Y stance, I'm not dancing, I got your girl on the back going tandem, cause I'm too damn quick, I'm too damn slick, hold downtown yelling out, who that is? It's me, the M, the A, C, the K, sounding like a French pimp. Yeah, I'm talking about Macklemore, and he and he's trying to do this and this and that. Yo, you forgetting the fact that the three greatest have seen them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all the song together. Let, and y'all ain't giving that no love and no prep. How good the track is, who, who did the track, who, whose song it is, that was his thinking, and that was his feeling. And he was just, you know, pissed off at the fact that nobody was paying attention, you know, to that fact. Macklemore won a Grammy last year. He's an independent artist, and his, and his shit's are so platinum, triple platinum. What does he need me, Moldy, and Melly Mel on the record to, to make him more or to, you know, give him any credibility? What's going on with you now? Put your information out there, man. Where can they find you? I'm everywhere, man. I'm on Facebook, Grandmaster Kaz Brown. I'm on Twitter, Grandmaster Kaz. I'm on Instagram, The Real GM Kaz. My website is GrandmasterKaz.com. I'm working with an organization called Windows of Hip Hop. Myself and Melly Mel and Grand was at Theodore, and we try to visit. 75,000 school kids and just give them the message of education through hip-hop. I'm still doing the Hush Hip-Hop sightseeing tours in New York. Yeah, I'm 13 years now. I didn't know it was around that long. Wow. Yeah, man. 13 years, man. I've been putting people from around the world on a bus in Midtown Manhattan. I thought that was new. them in the Bronx. That's and crazy. teaching them about hip-hop. Cass, thank you so much, man. Yes, man. Appreciate it's an honor to speak to you. You got it, man. I appreciate you guys. Humbled and honored to speak to a real MC or a rapper. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Have a great show tonight, I'll take, man. I'll take the MC. <laughs> All day, man. Master of Ceremonies number one. That's crazy. 800 cash. I'm headed downtown. Cruising through the alley. Tiptoeing in the street like ballet. Pulled up. Moped to the ballet. White walls on the wheels like mayonnaise. Dope. My crew is ill, and all we need is two good wins. Got cash in the tank, cash in the bank, and 
in a bad little mama with the ass in my face. I'ma lick that, stick that, break her off, kick that, stuck her in backstage. You don't need a wristband. Dope. Live from the basement.